Hi, JJ here again with The Art of Value. Today I'm going to talk about big short investor Steve Eisman. My last video was about Michael Burry, perhaps the most famous big short investor portrayed in the movie if you've seen it. The Steve Eisman character was played by Steve Carell in the movie. Well, he's not a character, he's a real live investor and he was on finance media talking about the banking crisis or perhaps an unfolding banking crisis, his views on it, his predictions, what he's doing, what he thinks investors should do. So let's get into it. You navigated past crises so well and so the number one question here is do you see any sort of a banking crisis unfolding here in the United States and or in Europe? Um, you know my partners and I looked at this really carefully you know I would say Number one, the large U.S. banks are better capitalized and have less risk than they ever had in anyone's lifetime. Uh, the European banks, while they're not as well capitalized, are certainly better capitalized than they are. That isn't to say there won't be pain if Credit Suisse goes down, but it's not, it's not an 08, thankfully. So this is from an interview just a few days ago on CNBC. Obviously there he's saying he doesn't see a banking crisis at the scale of 2008, which of course is the global financial crisis or the great financial crisis, whichever you like to label it. And he says the US banks, the big US banks, of course is the big four are really well capitalized. He says the European banks aren't so well capitalized. And he mentions Credit Suisse there. He was talking before the Credit Suisse buyout there. I was going to say bailout. Some people say it was a bailout. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I'll show you some reactions. But this was before that. So he didn't know that was going to happen. Let's see what else he's got to say. I mean, people have been pulling back from Credit Suisse from a long time. I mean, if you hear that the company goes bankrupt, there will be losses. Um, it's not death defying losses. But it's, it'll be a problem. It's just not it's not going to take down the system. So again, unlike 2008, he says that even if Credit Suisse went down completely, it wouldn't take down the whole system as could have happened in 2008 during the global financial crisis. He's not seeing as big a risk. He says it will be a problem if it went down because it's been bought out. And he has got something to say about that if it happened. But he seems to think that is a fairly big problem in Europe, but not leading to a global banking crisis, for instance. Will he be right about that? I mean, I guess it's, you know, everybody wants to get out and then figure out what the... What well, it's a little bit of what I'd call PTSD from right. 2008. You know, sell and ask questions later, which is not a bad strategy because the news is probably just going to get worse. So he's saying the news is probably going to get worse. I could say the buyout was kind of better news. He didn't know that was going to happen. But he says it could get worse. I think he means it still could get worse. And we've got we've seen troubles with the U.S. regional banks at the moment. We don't know what else is going to happen in Europe. But let's see what else he says after that. Credit Suisse might be too big to save. Is sort of a frightening. Well, it's frightening and it's not franking. It's uh, going to be ugly. Right. You know, Credit Suisse, uh, I'll say euphemistically, has been a problem child in the investment banking industry for as long as I can remember. And it's always had cultural issues. But, um, you know, it'll get unwound. It'll be painful. It's only going to be painful for Switzerland. You know, if, if I, I, they, you heard today that they maybe want UBS to take it over. Believe me, UBS does not want to take it over. That's for sure. So I don't know how they're going to unwind it. They probably will have to. I mean, is it possible that they could save them? Maybe. So it is interesting seeing this after UBS did buy them. He's saying that UBS definitely didn't want to do that. And they have. So maybe it was kind of forced or, you know, there was no other way to save it. He said if it went under completely, it wouldn't be a huge disaster. It wouldn't be good. But he didn't say that the system would basically survive. So 
let's look at what happened with UBS. I've got a few tweets, some news of what happened after that. So let's go through that, see what actually did happen. This is on my website, the 9 billion. The headline here is US buying credit suites for more than 2 billion is a bailout. And that's what an economist said on financial media that some people think it's a bailout. So what I said was UBS agreed to buy Credit Suisse for more than 2 billion. Back in 2007, Credit Suisse had a market cap of over 90 billion. It closed last Friday with a market cap of around 5 billion. So it's really been going down for a long time. If you look at the stock graph, it's been going down since 2007, so that since the last financial crisis. That's why Steve Usman said it's kind of been the problem child of investment banking because it really hasn't been good for a long time. Some people might be surprised by what's happening now, but it's really been playing out for a very long time. So I gathered together a few tweets and embedded them on my website, The Nine Billion. Here, there's a tweet that says, Breaking, UBS has agreed to buy Credit Suisse for more than $2 billion, according to the Financial Times. So this is back when, just when the news broke. Credit Suisse was $7 billion company on Friday. And this is what the final deal looks like. UBS to buy Credit Suisse for 0.76 per share, that's Swiss francs, or 3 billion. Credit Suisse holders will get one UBS share for every 22.48 shares. The UBS's deal to take over Credit Suisse is a bailout, says Bloomberg opinion contributor Mohammed El Arian. And so there's a video of him saying that, that it really is a bailout, no matter what you call it, it really is. The Swiss bailed their bank out. And this is from Disclose.tv. Now Swiss government confirms Credit Suisse takeover of UBS and says the bankruptcy of a global systemically important bank would have caused irreparable economic turmoil. And again from Bloomberg, it says Credit Suisse's crisis is also the result of years of steady decline. As I was saying before, the once mighty lender went from $1.2 trillion in total assets on the eve of the 2008 financial crash to less than half as much now. So it's been on decline for since then. So this next clip is talking about what caused the banking troubles in the US at the moment with the regional banks, starting with Silicon Valley Bank and the regulators, why they didn't catch it and the stress testing they do on banks to try and catch this kind of event before it occurs. But I, we, looked, we looked at the stress test for last year. And the stress test for last year had about a line in it about rising rates. And the rest of the entire stress test was about credit. So even if Silicon Valley had been in the stress test, given what the stress test says, I don't think the regulators would have caught it. They would have passed it. And you know, the stress test is basically fighting the last battle. That battle has been won in the large banks. They're better capitalized. Their risk, even with that capital, is much narrower. You know, as Warren Buffett says, when, when the tide goes out, you see who's naked. This is a different tide. This is not a credit tide. Credit quality in the United States is really good. This is a tide of a mistake, which is a lot, some of the regional banks, especially those that have a lot of deposits above 250, bought long-term bonds at very, very low levels and have massive mark-to-market losses. That's why Silicon Valley failed. Uh, also, they failed because they had a very, very concentrated type of deposit base, which has a very big herd mentality. 
So I talked about this in some previous videos about the Silicon Valley Bank failure as it happened and the depositors being bailed out really. But he's saying as far as the regulators go, they missed it because they were fighting that last battle. They were looking for credit or they were looking for what happened in the global financial crisis. And that's kind of been fixed. The, he's talking about the big banks being really well capitalized, but they weren't looking for what happened here, which you could say that they could have been because interest rates were on the rise and what happened was, as he said, Silicon Valley Bank, they bought long-term bonds at very low rates and then interest rates rose and they had a problem. And there are other banks also in that situation. So I'll talk about that a little bit later on because there are other banks that people are now putting the spotlight on. If you're getting value out of this episode so far, please hit like on YouTube or Rumble to give me that little dopamine hit and to help spread it to more people. Thanks. You know, in, in trying to figure out whether or not you invest in regional banks, you're trying to figure out, well, what can they regulate to prevent this. This is a very specific situation of interest rate risk, which may not come up again for a long time. Well, we have it now. We have it now. And you know what I would say to that is, so over the weekend, I, we, were th we, we were thinking, okay, so let's say the government doesn't bail anybody out. So clearly JP Morgan and Bank of America benefit. And it turned out, even though they did get bailed out, J.P. Morgan and Bank of America benefited. So our first thought was, well, maybe we should buy J.P. Morgan and Bank of America. And then upon the reflection, we were like, maybe not. Because given what's just happened, all the regulations are probably going to get much more stringent, mm -hmm. making the banks much less profitable. And that's not going to be clear for many, many months. So why be a hero? because you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. So I found that interesting. He was talking about what to do, what he's doing. Is he investing in any banks? He and his team were thinking, yes, let's invest in the big banks, possibly the JP Morgans and the Bank of Americas, because they'll benefit if regional banks do fall over or even if they get bailed out. But then he said, don't know what's going to happen. So kind of stay out of it. He's sort of saying stay on the sidelines not investing advice from me and it seems like he's just talking about what he's doing but he's saying basically he's not doing anything he's not investing in any banks maybe looking elsewhere do you say that the banking sector right now with the uncertainty given what will happen on a regulation front that financials are uninvestable right now i would say you know we, we were looking as a team at every single bank and I would say, given the change in the regulations, the best you can say is you don't know. And if you don't know, you shouldn't play. Wow. It reminds me of what Warren Buffett says of sticking within your circle of competence or putting things in the too hard basket. There's no reason to get in and invest if you don't know what's going on. Better to stay out, stay on the sidelines. And that's what he is saying that he's doing for the time being because they don't know. He thinks regulations are going to change and he just doesn't know. So there's too much uncertainty. He doesn't want to get involved. You said you, you wouldn't want to play given you know the, the uncertainty there. But... Does that also mean that you wouldn't short anything? And does that also mean that you're not also looking at some of the ripple effects, perhaps maybe on commercial real estate, if they have less access to capital because of tighter well, I mean, I don't want to talk about individual shorts. Sure. Okay. Um, do I think the banking sector is still a short? Well, it's imploded. So, I mean, would you want to short some of the bank stocks after some of them are down 60%, 70%? I mean, got to have a lot of guts to do that. Mm -hmm. um, probably better just to mostly stay away. I mean, do I think commercial real estate, well, not commercial real estate, office real estate uh -huh. is going to be a problem? Yeah, we do. We think office real estate, but 
you know, the way these things unfold, it's, it takes a long time. So talking of the big short, they ask him if he's shorting anything, wants to short anything. He's saying you've got to have some guts, a lot of guts to short banks at this point after the bend down a lot. Previous videos I've looked at how much some of these regional banks are down when Silicon Valley Bank went down and failed. People started looking at the regional banks. First Republic, it's a good time to have a look at that. I'll show you some charts in a minute. So that they're way down, there's other banks, but he's saying, you know, they're already down so much, why would you short them? And he sees a problem with office real estate as well. Now let's turn to see what's happening since that interview with the regional banks. There's this tweet that happened today in the last session of the market. It says First Republic Bank, the ticker is FRC, shares have been halted 11 times today. The stock has spent a total of 55 minutes halted today alone. FRC has been halted 70 times over the last week. That's about six trading hours of stock holds in one week. Meanwhile, the US says the system is strong, in quotes. This is what Eisman was talking about. So First Republic Bank is down 47% today, another 47%. Said he wouldn't short it, but indeed it has gone down nearly 50% again from where it was. And in the last five days, it's down 75.5%. And look at that chart, that all-time chart that I've got here. It's down 94% and that huge plunge. So it isn't just in the last week or last month. It's been going on for some time. But that just in the last week or so, if you're on YouTube or Rumble or Spotify video, you'll see that on the chart, which is, it's got a massive dive, just dropped off a cliff. And then we've got this joke tweet, but not really, that says Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. And there's a picture, if you're on video, you'll see it's a dumpster floating in a flood with Joe Biden standing in it. And now let's talk about next week. So, I mean, there 50 basis points is off the table. So either they're gonna do 25 basis points or they're gonna do nothing. So let's start with the nothing. You know, I got calls from, for today that, well, because of Credit Suisse, maybe the Fed will do nothing and that's really positive. And I, I, my, my response was, really? You're, you're rooting for a financial crisis so that the Fed won't raise rates? I mean, if the Fed doesn't raise rates, I can't, how is, I mean, maybe it'll be positive for a couple of hours or two, a couple of weeks, but the Fed won't be raising rates because it's scared. Well, if the Fed is scared, you should be scared. Mm -hmm. You know, on the other hand, if the Fed raises rates even in the face of this by 25 basis points and does and says that we're not, we still could raise more, then that's like, wait a minute, you're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place. Financial conditions have really tightened, but you still have inflation. It's not clear. It's not clear either move is good. So it's the last clip from Eisman. He's talking about it being really a no-win situation if the the next time the Fed either raises rates, that's not good, or if they don't raise, that's not good either. So what do you think? Let me know in comments. Do you think he's right? Do you think this is not going to be a banking crisis? He says it's not going to be a crisis, but he's not seeing any good outcomes either. So what do you think of it? What do you think is going to happen from here on? Let me know. So if you've made it this far in the episode, please consider subscribing if you're on YouTube or Spotify video or Rumble now. And I'm even showing some on Twitter at The Art of Value. So subscribe and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening or watching.